welcome back to another episode. Today we'll be taking another return to the poetry corner and today's poetry corner will focus on one poet in particular. Now if you've been here for my previous two poetry corner episodes you will recall that in both of them I did a couple of poems from Mary Oliver who is a poet that I am enjoying particularly right now. So today I thought I would just pick some of Mary Oliver's poems and share them with you. So today's poetry corner will be focused on Mary Oliver. What I love about Mary Oliver is she has a way of painting a picture, especially of scenes that involve nature. She also asks really interesting questions that make you think and I hope that you'll enjoy today's selection of poems. All of these poems can be found um, in various books of hers, but the book I'm pulling them from is Newman Selected Poems, Volume 1 um, of Mary Oliver's. And uh, I hope that you enjoy diving back into the poetry corner with me. So let's get cozy and let's jump on in. Our first poem today is titled Picking Blueberries, Austerlitz, New York, 1957. One of the themes that you'll notice throughout all of the poems of hers that we'll be reading today is a strong connection to nature. And you'll find encounters with animals or observations of animals. And you wouldn't necessarily expect it in a poem entitled Picking Blueberries, but it is here in this poem as well. So again, this is Picking Blueberries, Austerlitz, New York, 1957 by Mary Oliver. Once in summer, in the blueberries, I fell asleep and woke when a deer stumbled against me. I guess she was so busy with her own happiness, she had grown careless and was just wandering along, listening to the wind as she leaned down to lip up the sweetness. So there we were, with nothing between us but a few leaves and the wind's glossy voice shouting instructions. The deer backed away finally and flung up her white tail and went floating off toward the trees. But the moment before she did that was so wide and so deep it has lasted to this day. I have only to think of her, the flower of her amazement, and the stalled breath of her curiosity, and even the damp touch of her solicitude, before she took flight to be absent again from this world and alive again in another, for thirty years, sleepy and amazed, rising out of the rough weeds, listening and looking. Beautiful girl, where are you? The next poem, again bringing animals and nature into the theme, is simply titled Hawk. This morning, the hawk rose up out of the meadow's brows and swung over the lake. It settled on the small black dome of a dead pine. Alert as an admiral, its profile distinguished with sideburns the color of smoke. And I said, Remember, this is not something of the red fire. This is heaven's fistful of death and destruction. And the hawk looked one exquisite foot onto a last twig to look deeper into the yellow reeds along the edges of the water. And I said, remember the tree, the cave, the white lily of resurrection. 
and that's when it simply lifted its golden feet and floated into the wind belly first, and then it cruised along the lake, all the time its eyes fastened harder than love on some unimportant rustling in the yellow reeds, and then it seemed to crouch high in the air, and then it turned into a white blade, which fell. Our next poem is titled Goldfinches. In the fields we let them have, in the fields we don't want yet, where thistles rise out of the marshlands of spring and spring open each bud, a settlement of riches, a coin of reddish fire, the finches wait for midsummer, for the long days, for the brass heat, for the seeds to begin to form in the hardening thistles dazzling as the teeth of mice, but black, filling the face of every flower. Then they drop from the sky, a buttery gold. They swing on the thistles, they gather the silvery down, they carry it in their finchy beaks to the edge of the fields, to the trees, as though their minds were on fire with the flower of one perfect idea. And there they build their nests and lay their pale blue eggs, Every year, and every year the hatchlings wake in the swaying branches, in the silver baskets, and love the world. Is it necessary to say any more? Have you heard them singing in the wind above the final fields? Have you ever been so happy in your life? This next poem is a shorter one. And while it does incorporate a little bit of her animal and nature themes, this poem demonstrates Mary Oliver's ability to crystallize a moment in time with her words. This poem is simply titled, Morning. Salt shining behind its glass cylinder, milk in a blue bowl, the yellow linoleum. The cat stretching her black body from the pillow. The way she makes her curvaceous response to the small, kind gesture, then laps the bowl clean. Then wants to go out into the world, where she leaps lightly, and for no apparent reason across the lawn, then sits perfectly still in the grass. I watch her a little while, thinking, what more could I do with wild words? I stand in the cold kitchen, bowing down to her. I stand in the cold kitchen, everything wonderful around me. So oddly enough, our next poem is titled Morning Poem. I know the poem we just looked at was titled Morning. Um, this is a different poem. It is a slightly longer poem. and. There's a comfort to this poem that I really enjoy. So, again, this is Morning Poem by Mary Oliver. Every morning the world is created. Under the orange sticks of the sun, the heaped ashes of the night turn into leaves again and fasten themselves to the high branches. And the ponds appear like black cloth on which are painted islands of summer lilies. If it is your nature to be happy, 
you will swim away along the soft trails for hours, your imagination alighting everywhere. And if your spirit carries within it the thorn that is heavier than lead, if it's all you can do to keep on trudging, there is still, somewhere deep within you, a beast shouting that the earth is exactly what it wanted. Each pond with its blazing lilies is a prayer heard and answered lavishly every morning, whether or not you have ever dared to be happy, whether or not you have ever dared to pray. Our final poem for today returns to the more familiar nature themes of Mary Oliver's poetry, but it also is another poem I find comforting. I find a lot of the messages in her poems comforting. She is honest about the state of the world and the fact that we suffer and we love, we live happily, and we also have darkness that we deal with. And this particular poem is one that I thought would be a nice one to end on. This is a poem entitled Wild Geese. You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert, repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese, high in the clean blue air, are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination, calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over announcing your place in the family of things. Well, friends, I hope you enjoyed this little sojourn through some of Mary Oliver's poetry. She's a poet who I encourage you to look up and read more of. We actually lost Mary Oliver in the last year or two, I believe, um, but her poetry is, like I said, very, very comforting, very honest, and very beautiful. And if you maybe haven't found an avenue into poems that you like yet, I, I strongly encourage you to check her out. Thanks for indulging me in today's Poetry Corner as we visited the works of one of my favorite poets. And we'll be back again on Friday with another story by Patricia Polacco. So enjoy the rest of your week, and I will see you all on Friday.